Whether it be school, sports, relationships, work, and so much more, each of us have a multitude of activities that we try and balance on a day-to-day -day basis. And amidst those activities, there's a lot of struggles and questions that may arise. Here on the Firm Foundation podcast, we offer weekly advice on how to manage these situations and do so while living for Christ. All right, welcome back to episode three of the Firm Foundation podcast. Thank you guys again for joining me. Uh, I'd like to welcome um, another guest this episode, someone who I've grown up with, who I, he wouldn't say it himself because he's super humble, but is far smarter than I am. And I definitely admire his work ethic um, and just the, the way he carries himself. Um, someone who knows how to succeed academically and outside of the classroom, as well as he's pretty athletic. Um, but I'd like to introduce uh, my friend, uh, Kyle Drakowski. Um, thank you for coming, Kyle. Kyle, I want to tell us a little about yourself and kind of who you are and your faith. Yeah, I mean, first off, Andrew, that was a glowing introduction. <laughs> I would say the exact same things about you tenfold. Um, thank you for that. That was amazing. But yeah, um, yeah, like Andrew said, we grew up together, known Andrew for a while. So just excited to be on here, excited to talk with him. Uh, I'm currently a first year uh, math and economics student at UCLA. Uh, um, just interested in finance. A little bit about me is I grew up in Christian home. Um, yeah, I kind of just had the pleasure of and the blessing of growing up around people like Andrew and growing up in a community where I was kind of surrounded by Christian people and kind of, uh, yeah, just grew up into that over the course of my life. So um, super grateful for that. That's awesome. I'm super glad you had time. I know you're busy too, running around at doing all the smart people stuff at UCLA. So I'm glad you were able to come and join me uh, on this episode. Um, so I'm going to start doing this now on, on each episode, uh, but we're going to jump into, I'm going to ask you this question. I'll ask everyone who comes on, um, but it is, what is the best piece of advice you have been given? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I mean, first some thoughts on that. I think like, over the course of my life, I would give completely different answers. And I think that different advice is applicable to different people and different seasons and it's all good. And um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that there's like one piece of advice that has kind of like continually shaped my entire life. Um, but yeah, more recently, something that has had a great impact on me would be um, just the idea that as we look to become more like Jesus over the course of our lives, uh, it's something that like Christians refer to as the process of sanctification. I think it's easy to get like super wrapped up in behavior modification and like focusing on like little sin issues. Um, but that if we really want like true change over the course of our life, that comes when we look towards the motivations of our heart. Um, so kind of just reframing our perspective on becoming more like Jesus into something that um, makes it a little bit more graspable um, and a little more, more possible. Yeah, yeah, if, we, if we, if we like look at the little things too often, it's just so easy to just start drowning in that. 
that idea of like trying to obtain perfection when there's no possible way to do so focusing more on Christ. That's, that's powerful. I think that's almost like a, a very wide perspective, but it's wrapped in like a simple message, which is super cool. Um, that's awesome. I'll share, I haven't, cause I haven't asked this question before, so I'll share some of the best advice that I've been given. And I'd have to agree with you there that in different seasons of life, I guess that's a very, that's a very church word seasons, but in different areas and different points in my life, there's different pieces of advice that I've been offered and given that I would have said at that moment was the best piece of advice I've been given. But at this point in my life, some of the best advice I've been given um, was from one of my mentors here. And it was basically that you, you can't be in constant control of every situation, no matter what area of life it is. Cause when you try and control that, you won't be able to control anything. So the idea of trying to grasp control of one thing will allow, won't allow you to be able to live life to the fullest in that moment as Christ would if you're, uh, you'll just lose attention on everything else that's going on around you. So that, that advice basically stems from being a, intentional with what you're doing and doing it to please the Lord, but at the same time, not trying to control every situation and every aspect of life, because in doing that, we're not going to find success in any area. So that's something that I've, I've learned and taken with me over the past few months. Um, I everything's been getting busier with school and sports and all that fun stuff. Um, awesome. All right. So let's jump into the first question here. And there's no, there's no easy bridge. But the first question is, how do I respond when someone says something that is untrue about my words or actions? Kyle, what do you think? What, how would you respond? Yeah, I, I would say first off, and I think this applies to a lot of things, is just to take a second to kind of slow down, maybe remove yourself from the pressure of responding quickly in a situation with people and just bring it to God, just pray about it. I think that's, it's so easy to just look to start finding solutions and to start talking with people. And I think oftentimes we don't allow ourselves to uh, bring the most, calm and collected version of ourselves in conflict management with other people. Um, if we just look to rush into trying to fix it, as opposed to uh, just letting God work through us and work through the situation. Yeah, I think that's huge. I'll, I feel like that's a piece of advice that I've been given to and will always even tell other people be like, yeah, like you should definitely like respond to adversity or when people say things about you with prayer. But then I'll look at my own life and be like, there's a lot of times when, when those situations occur, prayer is definitely not the first thing I do when it definitely should be. So that's huge. And yeah, cause you're right. I'll look back on situations in my past where I've, things have been said about me or people spread rumors or things that aren't necessarily true come up. And if I'm not in prayer or speaking to someone wiser, who's advising me to pray in certain situations, then I know I'm going to come at it from a, not a very biblical angle and probably cause more harm than good, especially if you haven't had time. Cause that time in prayer allows you to contemplate too, and really think about 
okay, like where is this stemming from and um, what maybe evaluate yourself as well while just having that time with the Lord instead of responding and retaliating to someone else right away. Yeah, I think going along with that theme of kind of evaluating yourself, I think yeah, I think it's helpful to understand that them those things may be untrue, but understand that there's like a bit of truth in everything. Maybe looking at like the theme behind what they said, um, and like taking advice from that. I mean, for example, if someone says that you said something about someone else that wasn't a positive thing and say that wasn't true, um, it's easy to like look at that person and just be like, no, that wasn't true. Like I didn't say that. I didn't do that. Um, but when you slow down, maybe that gives you more time to uh, look at the the meaning behind what they were saying. Maybe that means like you need to check your heart and uh, check how you're perceived. Maybe you're perceived as someone who's judgmental. Maybe, um, yeah, may, maybe just the things aren't true, but there is some like, truth behind a theme that they're communicating that you can improve from yeah and that's such a sense of maturity to be able to remove yourself from those situations and truly like evaluate okay let me put myself in this person's shoes and see why they're saying those things about me and in that like i think you're spot on with it like what they're saying might not be true but sometimes there is some connection between how people perceive you but not necessarily because the things they're saying are true, but maybe based on actions you've done in the past and the way other people have talked about you possibly. And not necessarily is that a, a bad thing, like that there's always room for change in those areas, but not allowing what other people say to basically like define who you are, but at the same time, be able to take yourself out of that situation and look, okay, like, what is that person thinking about me? And why are they thinking that? Not necessarily just going into a situation hot and getting upset at someone when you don't haven't fully understood their side of it yet. Yeah, and I think, I think like it is generally very important to have a conversation with someone about it. Um, like after you're done praying, I, I would go talk to them about it. And I think, um, advice for that would be like maybe 90% of the time you're apologizing for that theme that came to mind when you're praying about it. Um, yeah. And just not, not focusing on the untruth of it, but focusing on the fact that uh, you're sorry that you communicated something that you didn't mean to do. Yeah. And doing that, it's probably going to like killing them with kindness in a sense, like probably put them on their heels, not really like, Oh, wow. I didn't expect this person to respond that way. So I think that's huge. That's yeah. Uh, overarching theme there of just taking yourself out, going prayer first, being able to view it from another point of view and not getting too caught up in the moment, because I think that's when, you know, situations tend to evolve and wind down the wrong path. Awesome. All right, moving into our second question. This one is really challenging. And I've actually been asked this question by a few different people. And a lot of times, like on the spot, it's really hard to come up with an answer. So this will be a really interesting conversation point. But the question is, why do bad things happen to good people 
or better phrased, why does God allow evil to happen? What are your thoughts? I think uh, I, I would completely agree to you with you. I think I've heard this plenty of times and it's always a difficult question. It's always uh, not fun to think about this and to try to answer this because it is um, such a difficult topic that comes with a lot of um, just emotional weight to it for a lot of people. Um, I think one thing that's been instrumental for me in kind of trying to find the answer to this question is a C.S. Lewis book called The Problem of Pain, and he kind of just dives into this topic in depth. Um, and I, yeah, I would highly recommend reading that book. What I'm going to say is probably a very incomplete <laughs> summary of that book. And I would, if you're interested in this, I would recommend just reading the actual book because it's going to give a more complete picture. Um, but I think the first thing that I understood from that book is that God is not the person that's making things ha bad things happen, but that it's merely a consequence of the system of free will that he gives us. And um, I think overall that system of free will is set up in order for love to exist in the world. Um, because if there's no free will, there's no decision to um, kind of just have that poetic vision of love that's communicated in scripture, which is um, just choosing to be there for someone, even when it's not easy and even when it's difficult. Yeah, that's huge. That's that idea of free will is that's a complicated concept to explain as well. Like, well, without the free will, then the way God, the, the love wouldn't be able to be reciprocated from us to God necessarily. And there would be a disconnect there where without being able to make our own decisions, then what type of God, what type of father would he be if he weren't allowed to make those decisions? And a lot of, I think another reason why it's such a difficult conversation, especially for me to have with people is because this, the answer is that, especially to the first part, like why do bad things happen to good people is because not everyone's not innately good. Uh, there's a quote, there's a quote that I have on, on my whiteboard actually outside, but it was from one of the pastors at the master's university. He said, someone asked the question, why do bad things happen to good people? And he said, it only happened one time and he volunteered. So this idea of we aren't, none of us are perfect and truly good innately, only Christ was, but explaining that and doing it in a loving way can be very difficult, especially for people who have, you know, been through trauma or experienced pain with like the loss of a family member or seen a lot of hurt in the world of people who are like good people, but yes, they're good, but they're not necessarily perfect. That's what I'm saying. So that sin always because of the consequence of sin, like you had said, basically summarizing from that book, that, that sin is always going to be there. And because of that, that's not God putting sin here, but it's a, it's a consequence of, of the actions that took place in the garden. And it's, that's, again, it's just a difficult conversation to have because you're telling someone that no, like you're not good. And it's hard to understand what that means. I'm not sure. What are your thoughts on, on that conversation or that idea? 
Yeah, I, I think another thing that um, maybe this question, um, the, the person that's asking this question maybe hasn't thought of is that, yes, like, I, I think it assumes that God isn't achieving its goal when evil is happening in the world. And that's not at all. Don't take that as like God wants evil to happen in the world. But yeah. I think that assumes that God's goal is for us to be um, happy at all times. And I think I, it, reading through scripture, I don't think that is God's goal. I think God's goal is for us to um, bring him glory and to become more like Jesus over time and to bring followers of Jesus um, into the family. And I think becoming more like Jesus is a very difficult process that does come with pain at times and does come with suffering at times but i think overall it brings out people that are strong and that have learned things about themselves and the world around them and learn things about god that maybe they couldn't have otherwise um, and i think it's important to understand that god does allow evil to exist in the world um, because of this concept of free will, but that despite that, God is over the world. God does have a will for the world. And God supernaturally, and this is something that I could never understand, but God uses all things for his good and for his purposes. And I think there's a lot of comfort in that. Yeah, that's huge. I, I like to use sometimes illustrations are easy to understand too. I mean, it, we a lot of Christians or not a lot all Christians refer to God as Father. That's another like Christian term, but we look at the comparison between like an earthly father and God the Father. And as a an earthly father who someone who has a child, you can't always control all the decisions they make. And there's going to be times where they make mistakes, and those mistakes are going to have consequences. But does that mean that the the, the earthly father doesn't love their child just because they make mistakes and because they have to punish them for that. And I would say, no, absolutely. There's still an, an unchanging love that comes between a father and their child. And that's the same for God. Just because we make mistakes and we see sin in the world and we see bad things happen, especially bad things to good people, it's not God condemning the world. It's just the consequence of sin based on our that idea of because we have free will. But again, because we have that free will, we have the ability to choose Christ, which I, that's exactly what you were saying. And that doesn't and because when we mess up and when we see bad things happen to us, that's not God saying he doesn't love us. That's just the consequence of sin in the world. Yeah, and, I, and I think an easy thing to draw from this conversation might be that um, that we shouldn't like try to take evil out of the world and do our best to um, spread goodness. And I don't think that's what should be taken from this at all. I think that um, we shouldn't accept pain and suffering as a fact of life, but we should be continuing to spread love and encourage others and stand alongside our fellow man and be champions of justice in our society. I think that's essential to keep in mind. Um, just understanding that 
despite that, um, that there is going to be pain and suffering, and we should kind of expect that, maybe plan for that. But um, yeah, no, that's huge. I think we kind of wrapped that up into a whole concept and that that simple message of just because those things happen doesn't mean that God doesn't love us and that we don't have, and because of, because there is those bad things also on the flip side, we have that, that free will and that choice to continue to choose God and to choose that free gift of salvation that only through him we're able to obtain. And that's incredible. Um, All right. Jumping into our last question here, a little different path, but we're going to end this with how do you balance school, relationships, sports, etc., while being intentional in each area? This is not an easy one either. <laughs> I don't, we don't get the easy questions. <laughs> what do you think, Kyle? Yeah, I think there's a lot of different points you can make about this. I, I mean, I will say personally, I feel like I'm probably less busy than you, Andrew. I'm not doing sports in college so my my uh, kind of issues with balance look a lot different than yours because you're probably far more busy than I am but oh, don't, I, I don't downplay yourself too. over there yeah I know you're pl- you keep your you're plenty busy you're involved in a multitude of things I know it you just you're you're too much you're too humble you're too great keep going <laughs> now uh anyways I think it's um I I found that being efficient in schoolwork for the sake of being fully present with other people has really just helped me uh yeah just maximize what i'm experiencing outside of work i think relationships to me have become very important in college not to say they weren't before but i've really just been uh delighting in the community around me in college that's awesome it's i feel like it's a it's definitely a tough question when you're trying to literally balance all these different things. And I know you do a great job of being intentional and I definitely look up to you in that area as far as the, the load and like, especially the class load that you have on your plate. I'm not necessarily right now. Is it too crazy, but that's not to say, I mean, I know those, those classes at UCLA are not, <laughs> they're not, they're not giving you the easiest, the easiest time. I'm, I'm sure it's not an easy easy place to be but um in that i'm sure you do a great job of of managing those relationships and i loved the point that you just made about how much those relationships whether it be friendships or other actually personal relationships are and bringing a balance to each area those relationships definitely help balance your school and your sports and clubs and work or, and what any area that you're involved in. And I've found over the last two years, how important it is to be very present wherever you're at. So if I'm at practice, I need to be completely present there. And if I'm doing work and if I'm in class, I need to be completely present there. And if I'm with friends or with my girlfriend, then that's, I need to be completely present there. And that's super important because where you spend that time and the way you do it is going to determine the type of person you are. And then that's how that kind of determines your reputation and build building your character as well. And it's not to say that there's, 
going to be failure in each area. I know a lot of times I'll battle and um, with, uh, if I spend like, if like, if I give too much time to school, then the other areas team to team to are seem to uh, taper off and they're not as I'm not performing as well, essentially in those areas. Not that it's not that this eraser that we're trying to perform, but if I, focus too much attention on one, then sometimes it feels like the other areas are not getting as, as much attention as needed, which makes sense. But I found that being intentional and being completely present with wherever I'm at has helped me a lot with being able to balance that time and then allowing the people that I'm there with to, to make sure they know how much I care by just being present. And it's not a hard thing to do, but it's definitely, it's definitely something that when you just go, 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 it can be easy to get caught in that cycle of one thing to the next. What else, what does you take on that? Yeah, I think that idea of intentionality is really important. And I think alongside that, I think it's easy to kind of get busy with all this, all these things that you're doing in your life. And these might be great things, but I think it's easy to forget spending time with God on an individual level is like really important. I know that's been something I've had to work really hard on in my life. So yeah, I think along with that, I, that basically just looks like Bible reading. It looks like praying. Um, but I also think it looks like taking time for intentional rest. Um, this concept of uh, following the Sabbath. And I feel like we've kind of maybe lost that art a little bit in our culture, but um yeah, for me, that just looks like taking time away from studies, setting aside to spend time with God. And I really find that my soul gets rejuvenated and that I'm able to kind of maximize my impact and all these things when I'm filled with um, just the joy of the Lord. That's so, yeah, that's huge. I think that idea of, I've, I've battled with that as well, and I've tried to continue to make it a staple to have that intentional time with the Lord because I know how important it is in all the other areas. I think that's huge too. Like God is, you know, we don't have all of these things on a, on separate plates, but like we have Christ kind of as that plate and all of these things should be around that. And he, he can impact each area. So in school, you know, there's a way to do our work in a way that pleases the Lord. And then for, I guess for sports, there's a way to do that and please the Lord as well and influence the people there for his glory. And in those relationships, you know, you can invest and, you know, in, include time with the Lord there and be in prayer and be in fellowship with other people. And that's huge. And then, like you said, taking that time then on your own to invest in your relationship with the Lord is the best way to fill your cup back up as you then go and pour it back out to others. That's awesome. Awesome. Kyle, any, any final words here on any of these questions, any last bit of wisdom to share? Cause I know you got a lot of it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think we touched on a lot of great stuff. I'm really happy with our conversation and I just I had a lot of fun here. It was great catching up with you, Andrew. Um, love what you're doing here on the podcast. I love the first two episodes and I just can't wait to see where it goes from here, man. You're doing Big things, big things. Um, it's great to see. Really encouraging. Thank you. Thank you, Kyle. It's always a joy to talk to you. And I know every time we have a conversation, I just feel 
I could feel the presence of the Lord in the room as you're, you constantly encourage me in my walk and in all areas of life. So thank you for joining me. Uh, big thanks to Kyle for coming out and just being in, being here and having a great conversation. Thank you guys for listening. This has been episode three of the Firm Foundation podcast. Tune in next week for episode four. Peace. Thank you.